0: It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Fired up today, man. We're going to be solving some people's problems. <laughs> I mean, you know, not your personal problems, your wardrobe problems, you know, how, why you would, you know, go that blue oval route, but, you know, uh, modern day problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not your personal problems,
1: but maybe some of your car problems. Maybe elevating your whole experience with your car. You know, Willie and I are big fans of old school, old school anything. Right, you can go back any time, any era. We like them all. We love the muscle cars, no doubt. But we love to drive, man. We are guys that love to corner. We love three pedals. You know, we love shifting gears. We love, you know, hanging the corners. We love drifting it. We love burnouts. We love
0: all that stuff. You know, what's great, man? What's really, truly the best of all worlds is having a car that, you know, you have all these modern creature comforts. You have old school lines, but the car itself is got just enough just enough sweat equity right that you could beat on a little bit you don't mind necessarily hanging it out over some you know groping or tight turns or chicane or you know doing a dig uh with a couple of your buddies on a on a saturday uh somewhere out in the middle of nowhere like you got to drive the car and you can make all these memories and have all these experiences. And uh, just the way it feels, grabbing gears, you, using a manual transmission. Man, that's such a forgotten art. I, I do radio in my regular 9-to-5 job, and you're not going to believe the stories. It's just the best anti-theft you could have in 2023 is a manual transmission. Uh, it's insane nowadays. Um, sort of the modern availability that's out there, right? Taking all this crazy cool stuff and then just... Throwing it in masses at these old school lines that have still stood the test of time. They're still cool. They still command attention. Um, they still, you know, just are drenched from an era that are that just, you know, cool colors, lines, stances, bodies, uh, just a whole different way to approach uh, of of the way a car feels nowadays. You know.
1: Yeah, and you know, so many developments have happened in, in clutches, transmissions, shifters. All these things that make your driving experience so much better. And what's cool about, you know, your driveline, everything behind your engine, uh, you can't see it. So you could have old school up front, you could have new school up front, you could have whatever you want. But that part about where you have to, you know, drive and feel and change gears, right? Whether you heel toe or just, you know, kind of lazily slogging through the gears, you can put whatever you want in there and no one's going to see it. No one's going to know that you've got the latest five speed, six speed, whatever, except for the fact that you've got the biggest smile. And when you're cruising down the highway, you're not screaming RPMs and your engine's yelling at you because you've got that overdrive going on, right? Yeah. So that's the only way people are going to know that you've got all the you know, high tech or modern running gear in there. And I'm telling you, when we talk about smiles, uh, it doesn't matter what I own. If it's going to be an automatic, it's going to get pulled out and I'm going to get, you know, a more modern manual. If it's got an old four speed, I'm getting a modern manual because I want a good clutch. Right. I want a good clutch feel. I want good shifting.
0: Right. And I want those extra gears. So, dude, I'm right now in the process of building a 60 Bel Air. I'll have to put it behind me on an upcoming podcast. But on the outside, I left the car kind of rough. Underneath, it's money, dude. It's so mint clean. uh did all the metal work, but I left a bunch of the rust and cracks and fracture in the body underneath. Tudor control arms, big brakes, all kinds of suspension. It's got an old school big block in it, but it's putting down some nasty power with a little F2 uh, Pro Charger, but it's got a Trimic six speed. So tell me that's not, dude, it's mm. going to be, it's going to just, defy what normally you know you see out of those cars it's going to look like a 20 footer but but dance you know on a road course and surprise everybody with the amount of you know just power it puts down i, I love doing that because nowadays man if you could put a five speed or a six speed in anything and you know sky's the limit you know because bruce and his boys uh really have, have tackled so many of these problems Dude, there's so much cool points and drivability to be had out there. And the world's your, your, your clutch at this point, just grab point, shoot and shift, man. Have at it.
1: Yeah. Well, we got Bruce Couture on now, Bruce, thanks for coming on, man. This is modern driveline. These guys have everything you need to put in, you know, the latest, whether you want, you know, a cable clutch, whether you want a hydraulic clutch, uh, all the right goodies uh where you want your shifter right what position four five speeds six speeds they've got every combination trucks uh cars performance oriented light duty heavy duty so no matter what you're building no matter what you have uh bruce and the gang at modern driveline have got you covered so thanks for joining us bruce we are going to pick your brain today on all things cool with drivelines
2: all right. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. Um, yeah, we've been doing it for 25 years, pointing and shooting and shifting. We like, like you, we like the old cars. We like the the muscle cars, the muscle trucks. Um, personally, I've got three Fox bodies. I got a late model GT350, 65 Mustang. So yeah, Mustangs are kind of my thing and have been for a while, but I talk Chevys and Dodges and Aston Martins. It doesn't matter to us. It's all fun.
0: That's cool, man. That's crazy. Especially now seeing, you know, just all the offerings that are out there and people are doing the craziest combinations. It really doesn't matter, you know, the heritage per se. I've seen LSs and Jaguars, you know, and E-type Jaguars with, you know, five and six speeds behind it. It's crazy what the world's doing right now.
2: Oh yeah. Whether it's, you know, gas powered or electric. I mean, there's just, so many options so many different platforms we're building all kinds of stuff you're going to tell us about some of those builds when we come back it's a quick break two guys
0: garage podcast we have bruce couture modern driveline he is kevin bird i am willie b and we're back after the break it is the two guys garage podcast he is kevin bird i am willie b and we have bruce couture on modern driveline bruce i gotta tell you man you got to see some of the wildest combinations. People are, you know, doing supercharged LS swaps and anything and everything nowadays. The Coyote's getting thrown and all kinds of stuff. Even that Gen Three Hemi. There's a lot of people moving to that man. And you guys having fun with all of it, really solving problems. What if I don't know? What if some of the crazy customers come up with? You got any wild builds that you've been a piece of and solved a couple of
2: problems for? Oh man, I, it's, where do I begin? I guess we get them <laughs> yeah. all. Uh, I mean, it's. I don't even flinch when people talk about 1,200 and 1,500 horsepower anymore. It used to be 1,000 horsepower was like big deal, but elephants, you know, twin turbo anythings or, you know, what are you putting it in? The bottom line for us is that we've got something for everybody, everything from the 30s to modern day muscle, you know. So whether you're running a – Uh, I don't know, like I say, flathead, uh, even if you're uh, into the economy stuff, we're into that too. Cause there are people, you know, not everybody's all about the power. Everybody wants gears and go, they want nostalgic. Uh, They want to, to get where they're going. Like you said, uh, uh, more gears, you know, just. Yeah, Reduce the RPMs.
0: Amen. It really doesn't matter what's behind it. You could do it with more gears and, A lot of people are finding that out. What do you think is one of the bigger sort of paradigm shifts in some of the technology that has allowed this to happen? Because most recently, there have been some five speeds created that, you know, thank God he didn't need to do tunnel work and sort of step over that hump. Um, You think that's been a big thing that's allowed people to to come back around on some of these? What do you think is, you know, sort of the big design, you know, uh, leaps that have, have, have made people so excited about this again?
2: The last two years, uh, Tremec's new TKX five-speed has really been not hitting a home run, but a, gl- a grand slam. I mean, this thing yeah. is shifting well. It's small. It fits areas where it didn't fit before, whether you got an A body a GM or just a lot of things that people were not wanting to put a five-speed in because, well, they don't want to make radical changes to the, the, the platform, but you know, with what we're doing today with with Tremec's end loading design TKX five speed, I mean, it handles six hundred foot pounds of torque. You can shift it to well over six thousand RPMs, technically up to about eight thousand RPMs. So LS based engines or any of these high revving modern day motors, um, the transmission can handle it.
1: Um, yeah, I was I was all about that T fifty six or you know some people in variations are You know, familiar with the TR sixty sixty, same kind of, same kind of box, right? That six speed box, because it's got right six gears. I mean, that's kind of like where you thought the bogey was. Um, But man, when they came out with that TKX, the five speed, I'm like, oh, I'm missing a gear. But then you look at the construction, as you were kind of mentioning, it's got the same kind of uh, gear widths and uh, synchro designs and things like that that make it as big and beefy and powerful and capable as the T fifty six but it's so much smaller and so much lighter that for a lot of folks, I think that's the easy route to go, right? Cause you had kind of what that, that jump between maybe a a fairly weak T5, which is a great little shifter, great little kind of low output, uh, transmission, but then you got this giganto T56 where you got to cut tunnels. Uh, you're adding a good bit of heft and weight, uh, that man, that TKX just seems like it slid perfectly right in there.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We just, in fact, this week installed a a TKX into a 66 Fastback. Now, normally they don't just bolt in like a T5 does. But, you know, for those that are making a lot of power, what we end up doing with this car was it was already pre-modified by a previous owner. The the crossmember section of the floor support was already cut out. So much like we did, you and I, Kevin, many years ago on that 67 Coupe, We end up taking a cross member, fabbing it up, making it all work off of the original mounting point. So, yeah, you can have a lot of power and still have a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, you're seeing a lot of TKX orders. uh, Is it starting to dominate kind of the transmission of choice? What what are the most
0: popular? You so lightly breezed over what was... For so many people, it's the it's the big jump, right? Having somebody do tunnel work on your car takes it to a whole nother level. And for so many people out there that had Chevelles and Camaros and you know Mustangs, things like that, um, man, it was impossible to get five gears without doing tunnel work. And I think that by far is their biggest savior because so many people were afraid to sort of step over that boundary because they got into some unfamiliar territory. And you know, you start cutting and welding. Well, I don't know about that. People become apprehensive about that. Well, nowadays, you have this transmission that's putting out, you know, can handle gobs of horsepower, gobs of torque, uh, put out the performance that everybody's wanting. And they got it in a package that you absolutely can fit in places that you'd had to alter before. And that's, to me, that's their biggest asset in this. Oh, I agree. 100%. Uh,
1: and I think it's, what, 25, 30 pounds lighter than the T56?
2: Yeah, it is, actually. It's about 90 pounds.
1: Yeah. Wow. So you think performance, like pro-touring, uh, right? If you're, if you're thinking of a pro-touring type car, something that you want to rage on, uh, right, what would you use before? I mean, I guess you could do the TKO. Um, yep. You know, take TKO five speeds, you know, they're okay, pretty good, but didn't have quite the RPM capability, you know, nope. again, you drop down to a T5 or like you said, Willie, I mean, you are now cramming uh, this giant T56 yeah. in there, which I've done many times and I'll probably do many more times because it's a great box, but this five speed just, just makes it's it huge. so much easier and if you can shed 30 pounds on a performance car, that's a huge weight savings to go along with, right? Making it so much easier on yourself.
2: Yeah, and what we're doing also on top of taking what Tremec is, like I say, they I don't think even they had uh, predicted the amount of units that were going to be sold over the last uh, two years. Of course, the pandemic where everybody staying home didn't hurt either. But, you know, here at Modern Driveline, what we're doing is taking that great platform and we're moving it around and making it custom to fit the cars. So we have a side shift program that we're doing for both the uh, GMA bodies, the Chevelles, uh, pacif- specifically 64 through like 67. The GTOs, same thing. Uh, your Oldsmobile's, again, we're making the shifter fit through the original hole. So at the end of the day, you're able to take the Muncie out or the automatic out, put the five speed in, and by the time you put a console on it, the only way you could tell there was a five speed in the car is if you elect to put a five speed knob on top
0: oh wow how cool is that man that is such a kind of groundbreaking sort of leap to to be able to put these these inside cars that would never in in a million years be able to hold that in the tunnel and and just not be able to tell and you got this little secret weapon called fifth gear just waiting to be uh plugged in that's just that's an awesome awesome upgrade Well, I think this is what, you know, Bruce just kind of nailed, uh, you know, maybe you can pick
1: a transmission from a number of sources, right. To buy the transmission, but how do you get it into your car? Right. Everything from the shifter position, getting your bell housing, correct, getting all your input shafts, everything, your clutch set up correctly, uh, even your outputs, uh, you know, going to your drive shaft. So Bruce, walk us through, like once someone's determined what transmission, whether it's, TKX or other, right? You've got many different ones, especially for you know off-road trucks, et cetera. Once you've picked your transmission, where do you guys specialize in? how do you help customers actually get that bolted in and bolted in easy?
2: Yeah, we spend a few minutes with every client, just to get an idea what their project is because we don't believe that every project is the same as the next one. So we interview a customer, we say, hey, what are you working on? Whether it's a car or a two-wheel drive truck or a divorce transfer case uh, truck, and we say oh, how much power? How are you going to use the car? So by narrowing down the choices of engine, how much power and usage dictates whether you're going to get into a T5 or a TKX or like you say the Magnum six-speed. Uh, so with the diversity of what Tremec's put together and what modern drivelines doing, we can supply literally everything: flywheel bellhousing, clutch hydraulics, bell housings, and just driveshaft. The whole package. So. One-stop shopping, so you're not looking for one vendor and then going to another vendor. Then, you know, you get all the tech support. So as we go through a project, we're going to tell a customer, maybe they don't have all even all the questions to ask. We kind of anticipate that. So we give them all that information up front. So it puts their mind at ease. And then they know at the end of the day that they've chosen the right product for their project.
1: Yeah, and I can tell you, um, you know, having gone through you know, so many powertrain swaps over the years, the devil is in the details and chasing down every fitting, what line, what what adapter, what this, what that, all the dimensions, everything that's critical to operating the clutch, right? As we talked about shifter, shifter
0: location, uh, all Dude, those things. cylinder, where it comes out at, yeah. where, you, where you mount that up, that's always a huge problem. I had a nightmare problem with my wide body trying to figure all that out. Uh, and what a lot of people don't realize is you get in that stuff and a little, you know, a little advanced work ahead of time will save you so much, uh, there in final assembly when you're, you know, trying to piece and put everything together. Cause it's always last minute and having all the bugs worked out with Bruce and the guys at modern driveline. Oh my God, it's going to be such a time saver in the end.
1: <laughs> and you're going to get something that actually works. What yeah. do people, what do people usually kind of hit the hardest bumps. What are the biggest challenges for most guys out there?
2: Most challenges if they've elected to go with a hydraulic release system is getting the system to operate. And and some people are stumbling along buying the wrong product to start with. But the common question we get when our pre-engineered system is we've already chosen the master cylinder. We know the stroke and the bore and we know how much volume it takes to make the clutch work. It's an engineered system. So the challenges that we get on the tech line every day is how do I get my hydraulic system to work correctly and bleed it? The misnomer is it's going they're gonna deal with it like they deal with brakes, pump the pedal, and they think they're gonna get the system vacated of air. And we came up with a clever, very almost like a paperclip design, a syringe. We take the syringe, we stuff it in the reservoir, put it in the bottom, open the bleed port with a line at the end to keep it wet, we inject the uh, mat- the reservoir with the syringe. The syringe is two times the size of the entire system. Wham, shove it in there about two or three times. The whole system's burped of air. So that's probably the number one thing that people struggle with.
1: That's a big one. <laughs> I know we've all been trying to bleed clutches uh, and sometimes even breaks as simple as they are. Uh, you can have some little air pocket or other thing that just kind of drives you nuts so to make it that simple for a clutch uh it's pretty awesome now uh, i assume that no matter what let's say hydraulic system somebody has uh can they still connect with you guys to get this syringe set up is that something you guys offer
2: yeah they certainly can get her we call it a one-man bleeder kit because it literally takes one person to bleed a system if you're doing it the way we uh, recommend so yeah they can certainly contact us if they're struggling most of the time, we have a solution for a product uh, to, to get you out of the jam. Nice.
1: Um, so you, you talked about bore and stroke on, on a master and a slave. Could you explain for most people? Right. I mean, I think we kind of get it, but I don't know if everybody kind of puts together that the two have to kind of match. And then you've got whatever lever arm for your pedal, whatever lever mechanism, uh, if it's not a direct, you know, centered uh, hydraulic on the slave. Uh, why those? Why it's critical to get that system to match instead of buying one component or the other.
2: That's a great question because it's an, a question that most people can't wrap their head around. And this industry, funny enough, seems to talk in bore size all the time. And at the end of the day, what you're trying to do is take six inches of pedal travel at the you know at the pedal to get basically a half inch of bearing movement. So you're dealing with a twelve to one ratio system. So once you break it that way, how do you get there? Some of it's mechanical, you know, where can you place a master cylinder within a vehicle? Is it underneath the dash? Is it on the firewall? So when we retrofit a lot of cars, it's a matter of working with what you have left for space because you're already competing for pre-engineered stuff. So when we build our master cylinders, we're either trying to use the original clutch rod uh, hole where the Z bar used to be, or we're trying to re-engineer it for cars that let's say they wanna hide it. So at the end of the day, it's all about volume. I wish this industry would talk about volume of fluid because the bore and stroke are two components. It's like if I were to go down to the lumber yard and ask you to buy a two by, and you'd say two by what? Well, in hydraulics, that's essentially what we're doing. We're telling a person to buy a three quarter inch master but we're not speaking of or assuming certain stroke. So that's key to matching the system. So it's a matter of making sure the mechanics match so that the cylinder's not too large or too small.
1: Yeah, because you you could end up at the clutch not having enough throw. You could have you know too much effort at the pedal. There's a number of things that could all go wrong, yeah.
0: What are some of the effects of mismatched sort of components? Maybe think about that. Tell us what happens when you mismatch these components. What they're gonna feel, and it's all about getting it right. That's what Modern Driveline specializes in. And uh, man, it's awesome to have Bruce on. We'll take a quick break. He's Kevin Bird, Willie B. We're back on the Two Guys Garage podcast. It is the Two Guys Garage podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. We have Bruce Couture on from Modern Driveline. Now, Bruce, we were talking about before the break how you know you gotta match these components um and if and by doing so they'll get something that's you know already engineered to work together what happens and what are some of the signs that they've mismatched some of these components because like a lot of people out there i feel like a lot of people are getting pieces parts components from their friend or they they know of a guy that knows a guy that's got one for sale and he gets it you know sort of down that food chain and we end up with maybe mismatched parts and components
2: I'm only smiling at this end because we had that exact scenario happen this week. A guy buys a part. Actually, he bought all of his parts and whether it was eBay, Summit Racing, you name it, or Amazon, he bought some components and he was so flustered that he said, all right, I got to contact you guys. So we started talking about it and he's like, oh, I can't get enough release of my clutch. And so he's picking my brain for probably 15 minutes on the phone, and, It was all I could do to keep a straight face because his friend said, oh, well, you need like an inch and a quarter, you know, master's cylinder. (laughs) I had to laugh because the pedal effort would be horrendous and and so short. And he contacted me the next day. He goes, yeah, I put that cylinder in and the pedal is rock hard. I'm like, no (laughs) kidding. It's like trying to work with a bottle jack backwards, you know? Right. (laughs)
0: Right true. so, but I, you got to run into that fairly often because it's it's a common scenario,
2: it really is. and it, the only way I can simplify it for po- folks over the phone is is literally taking a syringe, and let's say it's a three quarter inch syringe and you connect it with a hose to another three quarter inch syringe, it's a one for one movement. So when you're dealing with hydraulics, if one's small and the other one's larger, it takes less force, but you get not as much travel. So it's all about matching it up, you know?
1: Yeah, it's pretty straightforward math and physics, but if you're not thinking it through properly, if you're not thinking about the whole system, and again, you've got a couple potential levers in there uh, with the pedal ratio that you've got. So that's key to think about where you can package things uh, and what your master diameter and what your slave diameter effectively are. So everything at the end of the day adds up to what it should be. And I'm telling you, once you've got it right, you feel like you're driving a modern car. And when you've got it wrong, it could be any number of things from your pedal being too far, not quite disengaging your clutch. Like he said, your pedal firmness is just through the roof. Uh, so you've got, you know, that that calf that's just on fire. <laughs> you know, any number of these things could go wrong. So getting that system dialed in is just right. Now, Bruce, another thing that's you know, in that system, we talk about getting sort of your clutch pedal and your hydraulics right, it's just your your clutch itself. Now you guys have your own line
2: of clutches. Is that right? Yeah, we uh, we've been building our own line of clutches. We worked closely with a a good friend of mine, Robin Yates from Superior in San Jose, California, many years ago. Unfortunately, we lost Robin in about 2016, but he and I worked closely together developing product lines clutches that meeted our, meets our needs. And so since 16, we've been building them in the house. We took what Robin had started for 35 years and continued it. So we build on platforms using you know uh, Kevlar materials and ceramic materials. Um, so we're trying to modernize the clutch of today and matching it with our hydraulics that we pre-engineered. So the details, like you said, devils in the details, the details are also in the clutch. So when we look at designing a, a mechanical clutch, is different than designing a hydraulic or a cable clutch. And for most people, clutches are round and they're like tires. You know, they, you just put one in and they're supposed to work.
1: Well, we all know about tires. Anybody that's into performance anyways, there's a drastic difference when you get on the track, right? You can change out a set of tires and you can take seconds off laps easily. Uh, and we've all been in different kind of uh, clutch situations, even factory ones, which sometimes I'm kind of blown away that even from a factory, you might have a clutch that just has an awful engagement point. Uh, just something that just isn't as, let's say, friendly for engaging and disengaging. And of course, when you get in the aftermarket, you can see the whole gambit of just horrible clutches to occasionally getting one that's, that's nailed it. And that's the kind of setup that you want. Um, now, what are some of the things that you guys have learned over the years, developed over the years? Uh, that ensures uh, getting a clutch to feel exactly the way you want?
2: Well, yes, it's it's a matter of material, um, a thing called Marcel, which is the amount of cushion that's in the carrier. What most people don't realize is that when they look at a carrier, the disc, that is, the carrier is the center section of the disc. And if you're looking at the Marcel, it's the amount of cushion that the two faces come together. And so if it has a lot, it's going to, engage slowly, where if you take it all away, and let's say you made it like a puck style clutch, it's very harsh, it chatters, it's uh, very quick engaging. And those are characteristics that you maybe like in drifting or in drag racing. But if you're doing everyday driving, you're gonna want something you can modulate and control. Friction material plays a crucial role in how much heat load you're gonna use or heat soaking. So sometimes like if you're road racing like I do, I love Kevlar clutches because they're soft-locking, and they can be used every day driving. You can use it for tow trucks and uh, autocrossing. But if you're going drag racing, it's a matter of them putting ceramics in, whether it's a single disc or a double disc. And power, how much power you're going to run through dictates how much clutch you're going to need. And the smaller the diameter you can make uh, for, let's say, road racing, it cuts down on the amount of inertial that takes to spin it up or deaccelerate, where on the street you want some dampening for maybe a big block with big pistons. You want to balance your flywheel and your clutch to work in harmony with each other. So whether it's an aluminum flywheel or a, a billet steel flywheel, everything, again, has to work in harmony because there's heat loads involved.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. So could you explain a little bit more? Uh, you talked about kevlar for certain applications for certain reasons and then having to go to ceramics what's what's exactly going on there to make that switch over
0: and also kind of yield yield that into you know two three clutches now quad clutches you hear different companies coming out with multiple clutches uh at what point do you need to step up and go to an additional clutch
2: usually the cutoff for me uh, to answer that two-fold thing is at about 11, 11 inch diameter clutches, you really can't push it more than let's say six hundred horsepower. Uh, you just there isn't enough capacity. So then you get into twin discs. It's like a kind of like a foam book effect. You take layers of, of friction material and then you try to pull them apart. You can't. The friction materials that we use in single and twin disc clutches have to do with both the coefficient of friction, how hard you want it to engage. So ceramics, as an example, do great with heat. So you can build a single disc ceramic clutch or you can make a multi-friction clutch where you can put, let's say, organic on one side and ceramic on the other. What you're trying to do there is split the difference where you're trying to put heat loads and, and hookup in that clutch. So we built a clutch recently where We would do Kevlar Kevlar for a road race guy, but a a Kevlar ceramic for a street strip car where he knew he was gonna be more of the fast and furious type. So it's not just the power, it has to do with usage. So if I go to the drag strip and I would probably want more of a ceramic clutch for both the aggressiveness and also what they call heat soaking. You wouldn't wanna do one lap after the next because the Kevlar material has a certain operating range temperature-wise. And once you exceed it, it just essentially cooks it. Because Kevlar is is like bulletproof material. It's a DuPont product. It's actually fibers. So it does well with, uh, again, smooth engaging, but it does take a long time to break it in and it lasts a long time. So they're completely different ends of the spectrum.
1: Yeah, it's nice to be able to call up and say, hey, this is what I'm doing, right? Because you know, what you said I got, but, it, you know, I can understand there's some complication in there and some nuances in there and say, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do with it. This is how I want it to feel. Uh, Cause anybody that's ever been in a car with a clutch that just feels like on off and they're not drag racing. Right. And they're trying to be smooth through turns. It's oh, like, yeah. it's uh, you know, it just, Oh my gosh, it sucks. But you might be an application where you need right to be more aggressive. You need to, to handle more heat. So to be able to kind of walk through and maybe even get some of this hybrid type setup uh, could be huge to get you dialed in exactly the way you want it to operate.
2: I mean, that's our goal really is to listen to what the customer is is striving for, maybe make some suggestions. Maybe it is a dual purpose car. Maybe it does different events. Maybe it's a husband and wife situation. So our goal is between the clutches and the hydraulics, is to make a, a clutch that operates like a modern day car. Like my GT350 from the factory has a twin disc organic clutch with hydraulics. The thing is butter soft. I mean, you just push the pedal in and it engages, it's quiet. So people want the modern day conveniences in their vintage cars, or maybe even improve their not so vintage car and enhance the performance. I mean, that's all part of our goal.
1: Yeah, and I can't, I can't stress enough uh, how much of a difference, right? Really thinking through both the clutch and the hydraulics and your setup, how much that can really change the dynamics and make the fun factor go way up. 100%. When you get it wrong, it just, oh, it's brutal, it's painful, you hate it, you don't want to drive your car, the fun factor just kind of tanks.
2: Yeah, I've had people say, I'm going to sell a car because of that exact reason. And you know, our goal again is how can you take whether it's a GT350, you know, 66 Hertz car that's so valuable, be able to retrofit it with a with a modern-day drivetrain in it and still have the look and feel. But I think many of us have forgotten how old or how the old cars used to feel. I know when I get an original car and I'm like, wow, this is the way it really was?
0: <laughs> yeah, man. They're super soft, mushy, not near as fast as most modern B6s. <laughs> no so yeah it's uh, it's it's underwhelming to say the least but uh that's why we like it because we put these modern drive trains and people like you and your company at modern driveline um help us get through all the hurdles and headaches that normally is there uh you know in any sort of you know upgrade like a, a modern drivetrain and some performance and you know kind of squeaking all the characteristics we want uh you know from a manual transmission or anything that would present a problem in that regard
2: yeah, we've been known for doing, you know, a two-wheel drive muscle cars for so long, but we're starting to put our feet into the water with regards to trucks, I and mean, we've been doing two-wheel drive trucks for a lot of years, but, you know, we recently introduced a bracket that allows the TKX to be fitted into a Ford Highboy, and we've got a couple of them running around here in Idaho, and the, the beauty is, is that we can take out that original four-speed, and it had a bracket that had to hold the four wheel drive lever. Well, we made a, a, a piece to tie on a bracket that allows that lever to be put in there. So by the time you take the original four speed out for the TKX in with a divorce transfer case, man, you got five nice. gears, you've got different ratios to choose from.
0: Yeah. It's going to wake a bunch of those old trucks back up for sure, man. Um, You plan on doing that across the board for the old blazers for um, some of the old Broncos, Power wagons? Yeah, as, as time permits.
2: Yeah, as time permits. Wow.
0: Huge market, I think, there. All right.
1: Well, we got to bring it back on as, as some of these new developments come on, because I think there's a lot of folks out there that would be uh, real eager to take advantage of it.
0: Absolutely. man. Bruce, how do people find more about your company? Where do they go on social media?
2: Social media, we're on Facebook, Instagram. I think we're even on TikTok. Um, but, yeah, they can see us on the web, YouTube. we got some videos. Check them out. Modern driveline, modern driveline on all the social media handles. Yeah. Modern driveline is under the YouTube or you can go to modern We've got links in there and you can see our videos are all embedded, but yeah, check us out. We're always posting stuff. There you go, man. Check out our show. Also,
0: it airs weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. It's also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is a streaming format. Thanks to our guest, Bruce modern ModernDriveline.com, you guys. Find our social handles. Thanks to our executive producer, Bob Ecker. Producer Scoop, he is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. on the Two Guys Garage podcast. Don't
1: forget to check out our website,
0: TwoGuysGarage.com,
1: and share your thoughts with us on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at two guys Garage. Now, the two guys garage podcast it's copyright 2023 britain productions incorporated all rights
0: reserved perfect man bruce hey definitely appreciate having you on man it's uh it's awesome because i'm sure after people get off the phone with you get your products get your setup god they're so relieved man to have all those issues just thrown away
2: we we get so often you know on the phones that people say, man i'm so glad i found you or you get the other yeah. scenario they would i says i wish i had found you first yeah so most definitely we've been making su- huge strides in making that happen with our you know with our search engine optimization on our website so we're getting more of those calls but 25 years have been doing this and, and some people are like never heard of you wow <laughs> wow <laughs> uh,
1: well then you haven't been doing much with your yeah, car it's like what rock everybody knows under? these guys <laughs> yeah no doubt no doubt. But that is a big undertaking for a lot of people. And, you know, when they finally come around to it, it is key that they find the right folks like you guys, because uh, otherwise it's an engineering exercise that could take them years to figure out, months to figure out, instead of just getting the guys that know, click an order and have it all ready to bolt in. That's such a I don't know about difference. you, but
2: I find my time in this modern age to be too valuable to be wasting it on the wrong product, you know, or wrong services. Amen.
1: Well, when it's already out there, when you're plotting new ground, yeah. You're the first guy out there. But uh, when it's been done for 25 years, right, you just go to the solution. You know?
0: Headache-free, you go to the guy who's done it a million times. Yeah. <laughs> Why
1: reinvent the wheel? All right, Bruce. Awesome, man. Appreciate you having <laughs> you on. Yeah, thanks for having Guys, me Guys, I hope you found a great source, learned a few things, what not to do, how to get it right. Uh, we'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast.